Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hypergrowth, the podcast that's dedicated to unpacking what it takes to build a rapidly scalable e-commerce business. We've got a super exciting show for you uh, planned today. We're going to be speaking with Katie Hughes Olson from Tido. Tido is a data aggregation platform that really focuses on how you can actually aggregate your data as an e-commerce brand, build your playbook, and unlock your true growth potential. As always, I'm your host, Arjun Jolly, co-founder of Ad Quadrant, and I'm here today to really help to figure out how we take your business to the next level. Katie, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your background. Obviously, you've been in e-commerce for seven, or rather a digital for seven years. You've been on the tech side. You've been on the brand side. Tell us a little bit about your background before we jump into the meat and potatoes of the show. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again for having me. Really excited to be here. And yeah, my journey has not been very linear. <laughs> I, um, you know, actually worked in the climate change space for many years. And when I moved to New York City, um, and I believe it was 2015, I became really interested in the startup space. And it was kind of the heyday of startups in New York. So it was, you know, around the time that WeWork and The Wing and Glossier were really ramping up. So it was just a really interesting time. Um, but I started working with a beauty and wellness startup called Cat Beauty. They had just opened that month um, a really beautiful retail location in the West Village and started working with them to help build out their e-commerce platform. They were just a really interesting company. We were one of the first retailers of brands like Goop and Tata Harper, who's just acquired and Moon Juice. And, you know, I joined, you know, really in their first month. But by the time I left, they were a multi-million dollar, multi-channel um, business. They had retail locations in New York and LA and a bunch of different kind of pop-up collaborations. Um, I was their director of operations. So it was just a really interesting role. I, I firsthand kind of experienced a lot of the challenges that a high growth company faces, um, especially on the op side, you know, a lot of the challenges around data tracking, a lot of manual, <laughs> you know, spreadsheet crunching, um, things like inventory forecasts, I did a lot on the app integration side. So, you know, setting up recharge, trying to sell CBD on Shopify. So it was just kind of a boot camp on the <laughs> side of things. Um, and so, yeah, I basically decided to move back out to the West Coast and I started my own consulting firm. So I worked with a lot of brands um, in the beauty CPG space, in the Shopify ecosystem, some brands like Pineapple Collaborative, Get Golden. And I actually just kind of randomly met the founder of Carthook, Jordan Gall. He's been in the Shopify and tech ecosystem for a really long time. And he convinced me to make the jump to tech. And it was just also a really, you know, kind of a tech boot camp when I started at Carthook. I started off building out the success team, the customer success team. And then by the time I left, I was their head of biz dev. And was able to work with a ton of, you know, high growth brands. So some of our big clients were like Native Deodorant, Baze, um, Kettle and Fire. So it was a really interesting time to be, to be there. And then basically earlier this year, I made the shift to Taito. Um, I lead all of our agency partnerships at Taito. And what really drew me to Taito was their mission around helping founders and operators better understand their data and take actually insights from that data to grow their business. I think working on the brand side, I, that was something that we struggled with a lot, you know, 
getting data beyond just the normal Shopify dashboard or Google Analytics dashboard. And, and that's basically what Tido does. Um, we have some really cool features like email reports that send that data right to you know, owners and operators, I found that a lot of the founders I work with don't necessarily have time to, you know, log into an expense, you know, complicated or expensive dashboard every day. Um, so yeah, I think my experience on the brand side has definitely been really key to just me understanding how to inform Taito's strategy and just best support our partners and merchants. Wow. I love it. What a journey. Uh, I mean, going from climate change to brand side and everything in between, that's pretty darn incredible. Um, I have to ask on the climate change side, what did you do specifically? Uh, what, what, what was your kind of involvement there? Yeah. So I worked for the U.S. Green Building Council for almost a decade, actually. Wow. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they developed the LEED certification. Yep. System. So yeah, you'll see those plaques on a lot of buildings. And I was also on the business development side. So I specifically worked on the financial sector um, and also in the tech sector. So there is a little bit of overlap. So like some of our clients were literally, you know, Apple, Google, um, Intel, and they were greening their entire, you know, their offices, their data warehouses. So it was, it was super interesting. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, de definitely the journey in terms of all the experience that you've had there. Uh, I'm curious, um, you know, based on your experience at Tido and, and everything prior as well, what's the what, what are some of the most critical elements that, that you've seen that it takes for a brand to be highly successful, highly scalable and really kind of achieve that element of hyper growth? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think you know, I've worked with a lot of founders and operators over the years. And one of the interesting things I found is that, you know, a lot of founders may have this really incredible idea. They're usually really creative, very entrepreneurial, but they don't always kind of think through that whole path of like one, like what niche or problem are they trying to solve? And what niche do they want to, you know, fill in the market? I think that's really important. And then I think I've also seen a lot of founders not necessarily have a strong vision from the beginning of whether they want to be hyper growth or maybe more of a bootstrapped or maybe smaller sustainable growth type of company. Um, I think both are great and can be successful, but I do think it's really important to kind of understand what type of company you want to be. Um, and then kind of digging into, I think, a little bit more of the nitty gritty. I think no matter what hyper growth means to a company, I found that founders that are really engaged and have a really strong understanding of the operation side of the business is just really important from the beginning or bringing in, you know, the right team or support system that has that strong understanding. I've worked with a lot of founders that maybe have a really strong creative background or PR or branding background, which is obviously really important. But the operation side is really important too. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, really understanding, you know, profitability and, you know, what your profit margin is and all of those key, you know, KPIs, it, it's just essential. Um, and I think if a team wants to be hyper growth, they have to be constantly iterating and improving on those metrics. Um, so I think in the e-commerce space specifically, um, the metrics that I always recommend really focusing on that the founders and the executive team should kind of build into their checks are things like total sales, total spend, 
conversion rate, um, and then looking at things like lifetime value and average order value for their customer base and things like returning customer rate. Um, so yeah, basically what we do at Taito is we pull all of those together for founders and operators so they can really understand those key components of their business and then dig into the more fun stuff too. Love it. Yeah. You know, and for me, I'm, I'm such a data geek and, um, I love looking at numbers in like a dashboard format, almost like, you know, when you're driving a car and your car needs to go for an oil change, yeah. uh, you're, you're going to get that light on your main, on your gauges that tell you, Hey, pay attention here. You need an oil change or your check engines lights lights on. But then once you actually have that data, that indicator of where you need to pay attention, you can figure out, Hey, do I want to go to Jiffy Lube or to the, the dealer or change the oil in my driveway? And that's the beautiful part about dashboards from a founder level where you can really run things on the basis of those gauges and be yeah. able to kind of navigate. Exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, and, and I think what you guys are doing at Taito is pretty, pretty incredible in terms of how that data can be leveraged to really help these, these e-commerce brands to scale. Um, you know, from a founder level, I'm curious why you think it's important that, you know, CEOs, founders, executives of, of these e-commerce brands that are generating more than 10 million, why do they really need that platform like Taito to scale their brands? And how, and from your perspective, how does it help them? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think understanding how your business is performing over time, it's just essential. I mean, I, I think a lot of founders, and operators I work with, you know, there is a level of intuition to making decisions when you're running a business, but having that understanding of your data just, I think, allows you to make better informed decisions. It provides that extra layer of understanding, and I think also can help to ensure that the strategies um, in the work that you're doing is actually moving the needle in a positive direction. Um, you know, I talked about some of those kind of high level metrics. So things like total sales and spend and AOV and conversion rate. Um, but Taito also goes beyond that. Like, so we're pulling in a lot of data around, for example, site performance. So, you know, for brands that are running a lot of paid ads, for example, I think it's really important to also understand how your site's performing. So you're yep. making sure that people who are hitting your site are having a really good experience and actually converting. So we pull in a lot of that site data, you know, of course, conversion rate, you know, order rates, user information um, to allow brands to do more AB testing and maybe fix problems. I mean, things break on websites. So it's important to understand as quickly as possible if something's not working. Um, we also pull a lot of data um, around channel efficiency, which, you know, is also super important, especially in this landscape with a lot of the iOS updates that have happened um, and attribution challenges. So allowing brands to really dig into, you know, ad spend by channel, conversion by channel, um, channel performance, so they can really um, dig into that and, you know, allow them to spend the money that's actually working for them and pivot ad strategies accordingly. Um, and then we also just pull in a lot of sales and operational data. So allowing stores to compare things like sales and data over time. Um, a big one from my perspective is really looking at your highest performing products um, and, and digging into what products are actually moving the needle for your store. So we have some really cool visualizations around that as well. 
Interesting. You know, and I want to touch a little further on the good old iOS uh, attribution <laughs> challenge. Yeah. It, it's a huge topic, right? And look, I mean, data data is key when it comes to looking at things, um, you know, based on uh, what's happening in the, um, whether it be iOS or just overall privacy landscape. Um, obviously, a lot of shifts happening across platforms. I, I know uh, there's been a lot of chatter about, well, hey, uh, Apple made all these changes and now they're launching their own, uh, you know, kind of ad network. So uh, I, I'd love to dig a little bit deeper there because data is is crucial to making the right decisions on how you're deploying your ad dollars, especially for brands that are in that level of, you know, $10 million in revenue. And they're looking at how do I scale to $100 million as rapidly as I can. So I'd really love to get your perspective and unpack that a little bit further in regards to how Tido and how uh, you know your experience and your perspective uh, lends to how brands can really leverage that data to navigate those somewhat rocky waters that are currently happening in the space today. Yeah, that is it's such an important topic. Um, it's something we've been talking a lot about internally as well. I think you know we find that despite a lot of the reporting challenges, paid is still really important, um, if not one of the most important acquisition channels for most e-commerce brands. Um, and really, I think the key is, is monitoring performance and data across those campaigns in as real time as possible so you can pivot. Um, but I think that there's also going to be a lot of big changes happening, especially in the next year, particularly around GA4. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it does look like they're making some pretty significant changes in how they're at least tracking things like user journey, um, user conversion rates and attribution. So that's definitely something that we're paying a lot of attention to at Taito um, and also kind of seeing how Shopify and you know other outlets are responding to some of those big updates. So yeah, I think that there's gonna be a lot of, of big things happening in the next year. Um, but I do think that there's some other things that brands should be thinking about beyond just paid. And I think it really comes down to diversification. Um, so a lot of the successful brands that I'm seeing, they're they're definitely focusing on paid, but they're also really focusing on their organic channels as well um, and organic performance on you know, Instagram, for example, and experimenting with maybe some other channels like TikTok and Pinterest. Um, so I think they, they really should be paying attention to both. And then the other kind of trend that I'm seeing is brands, you know, really paying attention to first party data and, you know, the data that they can own themselves. So things like their own email list, their own SMS list. There's a lot of cool things happening on like the quiz side of things, um, Optane AI comes to mind with what they're doing, um, you know, literally asking customers where you're coming from or how did you hear about us or what products you want to see. So allowing merchants to take some of that data ownership back into their own hands. Um, and we talked about this a little bit as well, um, but I think brands also really need to think about the data on their own website. So really thinking about the conversion rate piece and how their website is actually you know, performing um, and ensuring that people coming from paid, again, are actually having a really good experience in converting as much as possible. Um, and yeah, I think the last thing I'll mention is just also thinking about that AOV and LTV piece as well. Um, you know, it kind of is related to the conversion rate, but ensuring that people who are converting and purchasing, that they have a high AOV 
And they're also, you know, fostering those relationships and making them a lifetime customer as well as much as possible. I think there's a lot of cool things happening in the post-purchase space specifically. Um, I really like what brands like Wonderment and Bridge are doing on the post-purchase side of things. Like Bridge is doing some really cool things around QR codes. Um, I think QR codes have seen a little bit of a renaissance yep. after COVID. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, including QR codes on like the shippers or product packaging to encourage reorders. So I think that there's some a lot of interesting things that brands can think about to pull some of that data ownership back in their own hands. Um, so I think, you know, ultimately, I think brands just need to think about widening their, their focus a little bit and their data picture beyond just paid. Um, and using like a holistic data tool can help pull in that marketing data, the ops data, <clears throat> the site data, um, you know, even app data. So like recharge and subscription data, just to help paint a more complete picture of the business um, and just focus on those channels and strategies that are moving the needle for them. You know, and, and the, the interesting thing about um, the data side and what you guys do specifically is, if I recall correctly, you're a free tool, right? We are. Yep. So it's one of those things where, you know, I know a lot of our listeners may not necessarily uh, or may, may, may not have necessarily heard, heard of Tido before. Maybe they've heard of some of the other players in the space. But with Tido, I know that you guys are really inserting yourselves to enable these founders to have data at their fingertips that they're probably spending a lot of time pulling right now. So I'm just kind of curious, um, based on the types of partners and brands that Tido works with, what are some of the success stories that you guys have created in terms of, um, you know, e-commerce platforms or marketplaces or anyone that you've worked with that's really achieved that, that, um, substantial level of growth. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely, you know, we can work with any Shopify store. We're specifically on Shopify and we do tend to work with merchants that are in that kind of 10 million range. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite examples, actually, it's a brand called Fanjoy. I think they're based in Southern California. Um, they're definitely, um, I think, a really interesting brand, especially at this moment. They're basically a storefront that pulls in um, and they sell custom merchandise for influencers, creators. So a lot of TikTok and, you know, Instagram creators, which I think is really cool. Um, and I think that they're a really interesting use case. Um, one, because they have many Shopify storefronts. So basically what we do is we pull in all of their Shopify storefronts into their Taito dashboard so they can see, you know, 15, 20 storefronts in one single view, which obviously wow. helps save them a lot of time. Um, but the other thing that I think is really interesting about Fanjoy is that their time frame that they strategize, ideate, and execute on their marketing strategies is very, very quick, um, much quicker than a normal, I think, DTC brand that, you know, tends to kind of schedule things out, I think, a little bit more. Um, because as you can imagine, they maybe have a creator that creates a video, posts it to TikTok, and they may have half a million click-throughs, um, kind of just out of the blue from a yeah. creator on TikTok. And so what Taito does for them is it just allows them to really make decisions in as close to real time as possible so they can pivot, you know, paid or pivot their strategies accordingly um, based on those maybe big spikes in traffic. Um, they also focus a lot on, um, they do a lot of retargeting for um, their new paid acquisition channels. And those are also, you know, 
executing in really compressed timeframes, um, as you can imagine, and like in the influencer space. And so just being able to see aggregate performance across all of their channels and all of their stores and in basically real time, it just allows them to pivot really quickly. Um, and so they, they're spending their money in the most efficient ways possible. Interesting. Love it. So I know, um, you know, you guys, you guys are, you know, kind of building, uh, quite a lot in this space today. And, um, when we think about the businesses that are striving to achieve that hyper growth, the businesses that are, you know, e-commerce brands scaling from 10 million to 20 to 30 to 50 to a hundred, what are the types of questions that um, they should be thinking about and, you know, the, the, the types of offerings that you guys have and how the questions that you ask um, these types of brands when it comes down to the product and service that you guys have? I'm, I'm curious, like, how should these brands think uh, and what should they think about from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think in the e-commerce space specifically, I mean, I think thinking about their tech stack um, is really important. So like what, it, you know, Shopify is such an app ecosystem type of, of um, platform essentially. And so I think that that's really important is to kind of really strategize about what apps they want to be using to take their store to the next level. So whether that's incorporating things like subscriptions or maybe a post-purchase strategy, a really strong email and SMS strategy, I think finding those partners is, is really important um, and ensuring that the partners that they're working with can help set them up for growth. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, on the data side, I think also just ensuring that they have a good data strategy. Um, you know, it, whether that is just using Shopify and GA or whether that's using another plugin, um, I, I just think it's really important that that's something that they're thinking about as early on as possible, because the more historical data you have, the better. Um, you can just work off of that historical data to make improvements. How, how should these brands think about data and um, whether it's, you know, looking at data in a linear fashion or cohort analysis, how, how should they really think about that? And I think you guys are releasing a, a cohort analysis type of product as well. So I'd love to get your perspective on how they should approach that data strategy when it comes down to the different uh, types of things to look at. Yeah, I think the cohort analysis is a really good example of ways that brands can be taking and using their data like kind of on the next level. Actually, Nick Sharma, he did a big newsletter about cohort analysis a few weeks ago, and I thought that was a really, really good overview. Um, but yeah, basically, we're launching our cohort analysis feature a bit later this year at Taito. And if folks aren't familiar with that, it basically allows merchants to dig into users or customers and groups of users and customers um, to really dial in on how they're performing against each other. And so, you know, maybe one example there is maybe you find that a specific group of customers that purchased using one influencer discount code have a much higher LTV than maybe another influencer you were working with. And so, you know, that allows the brand to actually maybe they want to really focus in on that specific influencer or that type of influencer. It can just help them allocate their time and resources much more efficiently. I think it also works really well um, with understanding product performance. So, you know, something that's really interesting is being able to dig into maybe a group of customers who purchase 
you know, shampoo have a way higher repurchase rate than a group of customers that purchased your body wash. Yep. And so that would allow the merchant to maybe build campaigns around their shampoo product um, versus spending a bunch of ad dollars on their body wash product. And so I think, you know, using data and being able to pull out insights in that way is just super, super key to take the business to the next level for sure. Awesome. Wow, this this was great, Katie. I love geeking out on all things data. Yeah. So I'm really excited that we got a chance to have have you and uh, you know kind of representing Tidal on the podcast today. So really appreciate the time. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that is uh, you know need to know and, and on how they achieve hyper growth? Yeah, you know, thank you so much for having me. Um, really excited to get the opportunity to chat with with your groups. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would just say. Um, you know, build in some data checks into your daily and weekly routines, um, maybe with your executive team. I think it's super key for your team members to be able to rattle off and at least have visibility into things like your average order value, the lifetime value for your customers, conversion rate. I mean, even if you just pick five or 10 key metrics that you and your team have a lot of visibility on, I think that's a great start. Um, and just build that into your, your daily and weekly routines. Awesome. Love it. Well, Katie, thanks again. And to everyone listening and watching, thanks for tuning in to Hypergrowth. Stay tuned for the next episode and we will see you then. Take care.